Good day. Welcome to this session here on Spire. This is a hands-on session for uh, this particular product. We've done an overview of the product. We've done a first session looking at their various accounts receivable and general ledger features. And today we're most interested in understanding how Aspire is a good example of the prop environment. And we'll explain what prop is here. We think that Aspire is a great example in that area. We're going to spend most of our time in inventory and uh, in sales. And we're going to discuss lot and serialized tracking along the way as well. Uh, we'll also look at some of the other things like price matrices and so forth. But the main thing here is to focus around the advanced features in Spire, which we believe are not in most entry-level systems. Now, I am Randy Johnston out of Hutchinson, Kansas. I've taught accounting software for uh, some years. I've been on the top 25 thought leader list since 2011 and the top 100 list since 2004. I do write columns monthly on accounting technologies, and you can certainly uh, contact me through my website. Now, beyond that, uh, for today's podcast, you're able to listen for free. And this podcast, which uh, is broadcast twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, tries to present the latest information on a variety of accounting technologies, hardware items, and so forth. It's really a place to get everything that you need to know. Our podcast tries to give you reviews, analysis, and training where we can on various topics. And that can be anything from uh, accounting software to the latest gadgets to Excel and all of Microsoft Office. You can listen to us for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, and other places. Or like today, you can watch us live and earn credit while watching. Uh, do check out our website at uh, cpetoday.com. Now, today's uh, webinar is quite simple. If you follow along and respond to the uh, questions as they appear, you'll get your credit for today's um, session. If you're listening through a podcast platform, just make sure you uh, sign up and take the five question quiz. Your certificate will be emailed to you through uh, our partner, K2 Enterprises. You have access to these materials and you have that, the ability to ask questions. Again, if you want to take that five question quiz, use the link uh, shown here, cpe.cx slash sph2. I'll get it out and uh, you can take that quiz. But if this is your very first time of listening, we invite you to for credit for free by using the uh, coupon code one free podcast. Now, uh, all of the logos, brands, and so forth are copyrighted and of their respected owners. What we're talking about today is for education from Flat Icon, Unsplash, and others. Again, just a reminder. You'll be asked questions to confirm your engagement. There'll be an, a, a question uh, approximately every 12 to 20 minutes uh, for during our time together today. Ne you need to make sure you respond to at least three of those. And when the prompt comes up, select a response to confirm your attendance. The system will track your response. Choosing a response will confirm you're attending and that you're engaged with the event. We may or may not announce the uh, attendance prompts, so please keep an eye out for them. I will be doing uh, some review questions as we go. 
So your certificate will come via email, but you have to respond to three of the four questions uh, in the process of doing that. And you'll get your certificate within two days. If you have any questions about this, respond to by visiting CPE today. If you have any questions or issues, with your certificates themselves. Likewise, at the end of our time together, there'll be a prompt for a course evaluation. We'd like you to fill that out immediately after you listen. Uh, it should pop up in a browser window automatically. Very short thing to respond to, one to three minutes to complete. Your feedback's particularly important and we'd sure like to have you complete that online evaluation. So if you have questions, please answer them. Let me know and I'll answer them the best I can. We're happy to explain uh, more than once or in another way, and also to gain knowledge from you as you share your experience, knowledge, or insight. If you're having technical issues, use the chat or Q&A functionality to get help. So all of that said then, um, let's turn our attention to Spire in the time that we'll be together today. Uh, Spire Systems to me is a pretty amazing prop solution. Now, I'll talk more about what prop is here in just a minute, but uh, Spire has several attributes that clearly position it above the common entry-level competitors. If you have a need for inventory, if you have a need for costing, if you have a need for more price matrices, if you have a need for serialized inventory, if you want to be able to run premise-based or cloud-based, uh, there is an, a lot of functionality in Spire systems. In fact, I would go so far as to say there's extensive, extensive functionality at a reasonable cost in a single platform. Many of these prop solutions uh, are clearly larger than entry-level systems. And in many cases, they're almost as powerful as the mid-market and upper market ERP solutions along the way. So, you know, this particular uh, product falls into props. So it's more than time for us to just uh, talk a little bit about than an entry-level solution. In many cases, they can't afford or do not need a full ERP solution now or maybe even into the future. Proper kind of in the middle of the road in terms of their capabilities, clearly more than the entry level with add-ons, probably not as much as the big ERP, but the key here is the lower price point way less expensive than a common ERP with more functionality. In current engagements that I'm working on, I have uh, Spire in as a responsive competitor and mid-market products. And the mid-market solutions, while very uh, affordable and far, much, uh, far less expensive and a much more capable probably than Spire, they're also anywhere from three to five times as expensive. And that's a little hard to justify for a lot of small businesses. So the lower price point with ample uh, functionality really is attractive here. So uh, through the years, I've used this pyramid uh, model of the accounting software market. Uh, when I first designed this, I was trying to help 
uh, my attendees separate the level of accounting software so they could pick one that was approximately sized to them. Uh, the pyramid contains U.S. Census Bureau statistics on the number of companies in the U.S. market. And I discovered that the size of the company and revenue and the number of employees were a pretty good indicator of what size accounting system they should buy. Uh, again, if you'd like to learn more about this selection style, you can listen to our first session on Spire, where I interviewed uh, Katie Griffin, who is one of the uh, directors of partner development at Spire, as she explained how she helps people select systems. Well, entry-level solutions out there uh, typically can do general ledger accounts payable and accounts receivable, and then they're pressed to do much more of that. Most of the time, you have to uh, acquire add-on solutions to be able to uh, get a complete solution. By the time you have the base system plus the add-ons, it's likely you're going to spend about as much money as you do for this kind of uh, solutions in the middle or prop. And typically the prop solutions are good for small, medium businesses up to maybe mid-sized uh, medium, small businesses, as it turns out. So what's the right range of solution here? I don't know. It's probably one to a hundred million in size and hundred million sounds like a pretty good sized business. And it is, it does depend on the complexity. There are places where you should not use Spire, but there's other places, many places where it actually makes great sense to be able to do so. So if you consider the options here, a prop applications help us manage processes, resources, operations, or all of the above. And as you're thinking about that, you'll notice that the acronym does lead to uh, what we're talking about here. We believe that most small businesses need to manage their processes. Those are often called workflows. We believe that they're trying to control both materials and labor, the resources. We believe that they're trying to optimize their operations to make them efficient. So it turns out that PROP, which uh, by the way, does include process, resource and operations and trying to make a plan for all those, I believe the correct answer is all of the above. So with that being the uh, background, now it's really time to turn our attention towards the uh, capabilities of prop that are above entry level accounting. Now, in this case, we're really worried about inventory. It should be easy to find things like uh, adding new items to your inventory or quickly find items that you have on hand and what's been sold. A little more complex approach is to adjust your price metrics and uh, audit your item log. So to demonstrate some of these items, I'm going to actually break out of the PowerPoint presentation for a minute. And I'm going to... Um, use this particular tool. Now, as it turns out, I'm going to leave my accounting software world uh, application in the background, and I'm going to pop into Spire itself. Now, one of the things that Spire does is it has alerts, and you can see I'm getting an alert that we need to be running this uh, uh, application for you today. But there are also other alerts from in the past, and we can actually go into any of these 
alerts and see the specific transaction even down to the source level so we can see uh, the transactions themselves. Now, these alerts are very, very helpful. We can use them for all sorts of purposes throughout the system, and I will show you more on that as we progress. But in this particular case, I'd like to spend a little bit of time uh, looking at the inventory module. Now, in our prior session, we showed that you can navigate Spire by simply choosing the modules off of the left-hand menu. So if you want to look at vendors or if you want to look at uh, accounts receivable information, you can look at your customer list, your vendor list, or your general ledger list. Uh, that's straightforward. But today, we're going to spend the majority of our time around the inventory uh, point of sale, price matrix type of issues. So I'd like to first get into the inventory items themselves. Now, with the inventory, it really gives us a place to easily add new items to your inventory. Adding an inventory item is uh, very straightforward. But in this application, you can see that it's kind of a grid list view and we can see any movement of inventory from one place to another and then we can also do our reporting on the inventory items themselves. Now uh, in just a moment we'll talk about why the locations are important and you'll notice the location here is you know listed as a raw the raw materials warehouse but I'd like for you to start thinking about locations as being uh, various locations in your business, multiple warehouses you might have, even places like a truck could certainly come into play here. So if we look at our inventory items uh, themselves, all I did was double click on this to drill down into the inventory item of uh, a rubber hose, a green rubber hose in this particular case. And you can see that we've coded the sales, revenue, cost of goods, and inventory uh, for this particular inventory item. So the natural posting will occur by those categories for uh, this item. Uh, you can see that the product code itself is uh, in parts. We do have the ability to uh, have alternate product codes. We can allow back orders or returns on this, and we can make this available on the web as well. You'll notice this particular item is non-serialized, and this would be where we do serial or lot numbers uh, on these particular items. Now, some of the physical dimensions of the products are listed next. Uh, how big the, the packing size is, what its weight is, uh, what location it comes from, a country of origin, and so forth. And then for pricing, we also have pricing, uh, you know, in this case per metric ton, I believe, the average cost and the current cost, and then who our primary uh, vendor is and any POs that we have out for this vendor. Now, this basic setup uh, leads us into some of the other uh, pricing and unit of measure. Uh, you can see that it's at this level that we can apply sales tax. I'm configured for Canada, so I actually have tax rebates set up for various provinces across Canada. If there's images available, we can add the images in at this point. We also can use UPC codes inside here. Uh, additionally, any movement of the parts where we transfer it from one place to another can be tracked in here. And also pricing, we'll look more at that separately in just a minute. We also have separate 
negotiated vendor pricing that's here and any purchase orders that we make, as well as if we're going to use these items in production. A little later in our time together, we'll talk about how kits are done and how you could get, let's say, raw hose and put couplings on it to produce finished goods along the way. Uh, any sales, any other statistics, and then special user-defined fields. So notice that uh, you know, we've got a couple of fields identifying gluten-free and kosher and the storage temperature in here. And we'll look at how to add some user-defined fields. Then we've got the receipts. And since there's no serial numbers, that tab is grayed out. Then we have communications, the accessories. And I'm going to keep going over here because we have bill of materials. This is a single raw item. And then any integrations that we have. So that is the basic navigation of the inventory section of this particular product. Now, running in background, I have uh, Spire uh, running in its browser-based version. And I want to take a moment here to just show you that the uh, browser instance of this particular uh, product has very similar capabilities. You'll notice I can just double clicked on this. It is laid out so it will run on a, in a browser, on a computer, on a tablet, in a phone more readily, but it has all of the same components. So a few things will already seem familiar to you. For example, the ability to have back orders, returns, and upload those things to the web. And of course, the general ledger accounts and the pack size and many of those items that we look through. And it basically is available in this scroll format. So Spire's ability to run from anywhere, including inside a truck in multiple locations and so forth, is enabled by this browser interface along the way. For our purposes, though, I'm going to continue to operate dominantly out of the um, thick client version, the premise-based version, as we're looking at some of these inventory items. Now, uh, if we want to go from one inventory item to the next, uh, the navigation buttons here at the top allow us to do that. And we can also uh, relatively quickly uh, go in and look at any individual item. Or we can actually get a report on this, including things like components and item allocations and so forth. And we can just do a quick preview about what's available in these particular uh, parts or items. All right. Well, let's turn our attention then to a couple of other features which are true throughout the um, Spire product. And to do that, I'm going back up to the main inventory level. There's a search capability in here. And if we are looking for uh, different items, and I'm going to do a couple of three searches here. The first one I'm going to do is I'm just going to look for hose. You know we had hose uh, in here. And as I was typing the word hose, you'll notice that it was matching on all of the hoses that we had within our uh, environment. Let's just try a slightly different going to search for water and you'll notice we have multiple different types of coconut water uh, looks like on hand. So it turns out that you can search on about any um, word or any item throughout the system and find those type of items. So I'm just going to pick off another word more or less at random here, dark, and you'll notice I've got dark chocolate as a description 
um, leading on the very last item, but dark is in the middle of the description on three different uh, products that are in our, our inventory. So uh, the search capability allows us to quickly find which items are on hand, uh, what's been sold and so forth. And you can see from this particular search that we do have uh, a back order on the third item here. We have 388 on hand, 387 look available. One has been committed and there's 100 back ordered on this uh, with 300 on order right now. So if we, again, want to go to that particular line item, we can go down and see the details behind that, including um, any orders that we have uh, out there and any sales that are in process. So we have both of these sides of the equation available to us. Well, inventory items themselves, um, I think that may be enough for just a moment because um, there's some other things we need to see. And the next one that I believe that would be helpful to us is the price matrix piece. Now, uh, various parts here have um, various pricing based on several different uh, categories. So in the price matrix itself, let's just take a look at, uh, oh, perhaps this dun dumbbell piece. And uh, we'll open that up as our, our matrix for just a moment. And, uh, you know, as we're going through this, you'll notice ours are all pretty simple that I'm displaying here. Uh, minimum quantity, single price uh, quote available to us. Let's see if we can find one that's just a little more complex up here. So let's uh, take a look this way. And in fact, maybe the easiest way to do this is to come down to... this Inspire bell. And what I want to do is just add an additional uh, price. Now, in this case, you can see minimum quantity, I'm going to get a $39 uh, retail. But if I add, uh, have an order of five, maybe I'll set my price at uh, $37. And you can see the resultant margin. And if we add another level, maybe on price quantity 10, we put it at $36 and we're maintaining a 24 margin. And if we go one more time to 50, maybe we give a price break of $35 at 22 points. And maybe then last but not least, we'll do 100 at which we sell for 34, 50 and uh, you know, maintain a 21 margin. So the price matrix here on the uh, item itself is fairly straightforward. Notice that we can also um, set the price matrices to occur in a particular time frame. So let's just say that we uh, you know, want to set this up for a promotion in the next uh, next January, we know that basically what happens is after the first of the year, people want to be, a, a, you know, do a little more ma uh, exercise. So reality is the people who are buying from us are probably going to be looking to buy in December. So let's just back that down just a little bit. And for the month of December, we're probably going to use the date range of uh, December 30, 30, 
December 1st. And I think we'll go ahead and go out to December 23rd. Maybe that's even a little too long. Maybe we'll just go to the 21st. And you can see here that we've now set a particular price methodology up for a range uh, of time. So we get the ability to not only give quantity breaks, but also to make it effective for a period of time. So I'm going to go ahead and just save that. And I'll uh, remember that that's one that we can come back and look at a little bit later. And that happens to be the you know Inspired Dumbbell 20. Now, uh, we can also uh, audit the items that we're using throughout inventory, and we can track where inventory is, even if it's in another warehouse or on a truck. And that basically is done by uh, our location. So in this particular case, what I'd like to do is maybe uh, filter, and let's do filter this one on uh, a location and the first location is going to be by warehouse and um, I don't really care whether we pick raw or uh, Toronto or another location I think what we'll do is we'll do it inspire Toronto and um, let's just say that we want to make sure that it is uh, products that we actually have on hand. So we're going to add an additional uh, filter here for on hand, and we want it to be uh, greater than zero. And I don't think I'll get any more fancy than that, but I would like to uh, save this particular filter. So you'll notice that I can save the filter, and I'm going to call it... Uh, Toronto on hand is like to do. So let's save that. And now when we pick our filters, you'll notice that the um, filters, hold on. We're going to make available on a company-wide level. And we could show it over here in the module list. I'm not going to do that. And we could save the column state. I'm not going to do that either, I believe. But now at this point, notice we have other uh, filters that are set, including accessories that are in stock or items that need reordering. And now we've got the new Toronto on hand uh, filter. So it gives us a chance to track inventory wherever it's at. And if we just go back now for a moment and let me uh, clear that filter. And apply now uh, a very simple search. And I'm going to go back looking for my dumbbell 20 again. Uh, notice that in this case, I'm searching for that. I don't have very many dumbbell 20s. Let's just make it a more generic dumbbell search so we can see all of those. 
And at that point, we could add in additional filters by warehouse. Uh, and again, I'm just going to do dumbbells now on my Toronto uh, warehouse. Or if I come back to uh, that is in Toronto on hand, uh, I basically am in my Toronto on hand warehouse uh, with everything where there is stock. All right. So, uh, you know, in this particular case, <coughs> excuse me, I am going to go back now to just a straight inventory view. And I do have dumbbell in here, but I'm going to add uh, 20. And I'm going to go to this particular product and I'm going to add a uh, note. Now, the notes themselves uh, allow us to notify or uh, um, alert on various conditions. So what I'm going to do is add a note here. And this subject is, uh, you know, special later in the year. And uh, note, we are going to run promo uh, pricing in December. And I could actually you know, set the alert time period and, you know, other items in here. I don't think we'll do anything more than just save this particular alert. And now when we are uh, looking at the dumbbell uh, 20, you can see that the tab of communication is actually highlighted in red, but I'm going to come back up to this level and simply uh, search on dumbbells again. And, uh, I want my communication column. So if we add the uh, column or reorder the columns here, let's just see if we can add a particular column. And I want to just get to this item. And when we do, Again, you'll notice that the communications are there. If we step over into the communications section, you'll notice that uh, the special later in the year is alerted here as well. And there's more that we can do in terms of filtering it, customizing it, and so forth. So we can add notes to documents uh, that can be associated at the item level. We can also uh, email transfer orders within the system, and uh, we can, you know, document uh, register records here, and uh, view the general journal related to these particular transactions as well. Well, um, you know, at this point, you're getting a sense that the inventory capability in here is, you know, fairly good, but we need to maybe spend a little bit of time over in production. And uh, in this particular case, I'd like to actually build uh, a kit, if you will. And uh, so this might be a little bit more of a, a lengthy process. So stay with me here, because all I'm going to do is come into the production area, and I'm going to build a new uh, production order. And it automatically numbers the build, and we can tie it to a sales num order. But in this case, there's not really any sales order. I'm just doing a build to stock. And we're going to pick up the inventory items that we want to uh, include. Um, order date for today should be fine. 
Um, so let's just see if we can uh, open the inventory related to this and actually build out our uh, stock. And, you know, in this case, I want to just build it to stock here, but I think we'll build for this particular vendor. And now we'll start adding some kidding. Now, as it turns out, the search capabilities here still exist. So let's go after our dumbbells. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to find those dumbbells. And they happen to be in the Toronto warehouse. So we're going to change this over to Toronto since I think that's where we're at. Actually, we're going to pick them all. So let's just see if dumbbells here. will come in for us. And sorry about being a little quiet on you there. When things like this happen, sometimes I have to concentrate on being able to see that. So notice this is the uh, kit for CPE today. And uh, let's make it a little broader description. And we'll just call this a uh, dumbbell kit. And we'll give it a part number. and save that. Oh, I got you. So let's pick to go with our dumbbell. We're gonna pick some uh, additional of bars as well. So we're going to pick uh, the main mix bar and include that. And it looks like to get all those made, we've actually got the kitting capability uh, in there. And we're also going to open the inventory and just see if in fact we've got that. It looks like we do. And we're going to save that particular production order. And then we're going to attempt to do a build. And uh, let me increase my quantity here.
So I want to put this out at about nine, I suppose. Actually, for our purposes, let's do 10. And then let's go ahead and do the build on this. And we've got a production history order now on that. So if we go do a preview on that, you'll notice that it basically shows the components used on that particular production order, what we have to have, what's uh, the extended quantity and how uh, that's built out. So the, the build pieces basically allow us to um, have kitting within the manufacturing process. Now, along the way here, this assembly and uh, capability of looking at the actual versus planned and any of the appropriate uh, information is included in the inventory build item itself at this point. All right, um, I think we need to turn our attention back over to um, our next question. And this question is asked, which of these inventory features are Inspire? That we can find items in multiple ways, that we can price a matrix by part, uh, we can add notes for any item, or all of the above. So as you're considering this, notice I tried to show you maybe six or eight or 10 capabilities inside the platform itself, but clearly we could find items in multiple ways. I think I searched on dark and dumbbell and some other items with you. Uh, I did do the special pricing uh, matrix by part number on the dumbbell 20 that we did add notes on that particular item and you can add those throughout the system. So I believe all three of these particular items are there. So uh, the correct answer would in fact be all of the above. Well, time is moving on on us. We only have uh, you know a few minutes left together, but there's a couple of three other areas that I'd like to make you aware of uh, the capabilities inside Spire. One of the differences between entry-level accounting software and the prop version or ERP versions is the ability to do project tracking. Now, we'll look at that first, but project tracking allows us to create both internal and external projects. We can set the project period. We can actually create a project budget. We can look at income and expense for the last three months, uh, and that is the default in this particular case. But we can also set an income and expense report for any period, and we can show the transactions or view the transactions from a drop-down menu. So think about items that you do uh, inside the business on a recurring basis, either for uh, customers or internal. Next, uh, we have the ability to track time. Now, oftentimes organizations keep a separate time tracking module and time tracking occurs throughout Spire. Here we can add service hours by employee, by company, by project and class. 
Uh, we can use a single entry or a multiple entry method. Uh, we can mark ours as billable or not billable. And then we can look at the audit log and uh, document register uh, that record that the records show from the shop uh, drop down menu. Well, so we got both project and time tracking. And as we use the Aspire system for a sales engine, we can also do sales quotes. And we can create a quote from scratch or copy an existing quote. And we can add external and internal memos. So we can have some that we show to the customer and some that we use just internally. We can also add sales tax. And of course, we can email those quotes. And when the customer places the order from us, we can generate the order, do a sales invoice, originate shipment, accept any prepayments, and we can do all the purchase orders in a single place. And then we can track if the order has been shipped from the sales orders page. We can also create templates for these recurring orders. Next, we can also do shipments. And here we can easily create new shipments. We can view transactions uh, in the general journal, in the inventory journal, in the audit log, and in the document register records. And you can configure how you want to see these things. So there's four or five additional items that I think are worth uh, trying to see from a uh, Spire perspective. So let's take a little bit of a time and look at a few of these items. And the first one I'm going to do is over to sales. You know, a lot of the items that we do are uh, sales driven. Uh, you can see here that we've got a quote for uh, A1 park equipment. It looks like we also have a work order for uh, A1 park equipment. But let's just take a look first at this quote. Now you'll notice that there are notes for the order and the communication tab tells us what's going on with that. And if we take a look in here, uh, it's a quote for John and it's, you know, for July 14th and so forth. So we have that um, uh, note or communication piece along the way. Uh, let's see, in terms of sales order, uh, um, let's take a look at just creating a sales order. And in this particular case, I'm going to go out and pick that same customer A1 park equipment. And uh, no PO number, you'll notice that they ship via FedEx. And uh, this system allows you to configure various fields for alerting. Uh, much configuration is on there. You'll notice that sales order is showing us that we have um, both quotes and work orders in process here. Well, uh, let's take a look. Uh, where do we want to ship this? Uh, well, we can use one of their ship to addresses. We're going to ship this one to Vancouver. And uh, how are we going to ship this? Well, you'll notice that they have a FedEx account number and they want that via FedEx. So we'll choose FedEx for them. And uh, let's see the order date. That looks like it's good. Uh, when they wanted these invoiced before the end of the month. So we'll put that in there. And uh, let's make that today's date. All right, and let's see here. 
Uh, so what are we going to, to sell here? Well, you know, we've played with the dumbbells today. So let's just see if we can get that dumbbell kit. And it looks like, in fact, there is the dumbbell kit. And it says, hey, we really don't have a sufficient order or back order. Uh, sorry, if a sufficient quantity, these are going to go back order. We're okay with that. Let's just see if we've got anything else that we can order here. Uh, let's go ahead and do this dark chocolate. And let's just see if we can get uh, 10 of those out to them. And there's the shipping quantity along the way. It does show us the lot numbers in here. Again, it's food product. That makes perfect sense. And notice that we can actually uh, type in the... Um, uh, serial numbers or lot numbers, and we can pick those up from barcode scans as well. So we basically have the sales order, and I believe that should be enough for us to get in there. So we can see the bill to the ship to and all of the other items. If we've got sales tax, you can see what those are. Um, and I think at this point, let's just add this and go to the next sales order and you could continue to add additional sales order. So I've got a new sales order entered here uh, for A1 Park Equipment. You can see it up at the top and uh, also how it affected uh, some of the back order pieces. So we basically can generate that order and, and, and invoice it and ship it and so forth uh, all from that particular uh, interface. Now, in terms of uh, quotes, very similar process, by the way, is used inside this system. Let me just drop that down because notice I can do a sales order, a booking order, a standing order, a quote, an RMA or a work order. I'm this time going to do a quote. And again, you can see the uh, interface very, very similar. We're going to pick that same customer of a, uh, A1 Park Equipment. And we're going to pick a few more dark chocolate bars here. Um, let's do these this time. And you'll notice it's warning us that the margins are below our standard. Uh, you know, we made a deal here, though, because maybe we've got some bars that are, you know, near the end of their life. So we're trying to move those out uh, along the way. And uh, we save that quote. And, uh, you know, it says, hey, these are below the required margin. Are you going to approve that? Yeah. Or we could actually go back and review it. But, yeah, I want to approve that. So I'm at least aware that I'm selling below what would be our acceptable margins along the way. So the quotes uh, can be copied, can be created from scratch, or you can copy from existing quotes. So if I go back to our view where we had a quote, and we have, uh, you know, this particular uh, quote out there. If we want to just make a copy of it, we can simply uh, do a copy uh, at this level. And, you know, it'll be exactly like the prior order. So that's one of those options that you have available inside this system. Now, in terms of um, other elements, and, uh, you know, in this particular case, Let's just um, assume for a minute that we're going to deal with uh, projects or time tracking and so forth. Um, each one of these tasks can be set up as a project. Now, the projects themselves can be done in the payroll system. 
They can be done inside of uh, sales orders, production orders, and other places throughout the whole system. So it gives us a chance to uh, you know, find, locate all of those particular items. Now, um, I guess what I would like to do, because I know our time is running short, I'm going to step back over to the browser-based system of Spire for a moment. Now, one of the things that you should recognize is Spire will host this uh, platform in their own data centers, or you can run them in your own location. Beyond that, you can connect to Spire with the thick client, which is what I've been showing you most of the time, or you can use the browser client to uh, connect to the system. Now, the performance on this is uh, you know, amazingly quick in my mind. If we take a look at the uh, orders that are out here, you'll notice that the A1 Park system quotes uh, that I just added are here. In fact, you can see this second one is this open item. And uh, even in the browser, it's all real time. So you can have uh, people working in the field from their tablets, from their mobile phones and so forth. And everybody's looking at the same uh, data along the way. So it's real-time updating, browser-enabled. And um, I understand from the Spire management team that they continue to add features to the browser client that make sense for people that need to be mobile. The browser interface is not exactly the same as the desktop interface, as you've already uh, seen, I believe, on that. But the key features that they believe are needed uh, in the field, they basically make available uh, through the browser interface. So uh, many of the other elements that we look at are available here. This admin piece I have exposed, it's basically my instance of this particular item. Uh, this particular system, but uh, the key things that you need are available on the browser interface. All right. Well, I think if I'm watching my time correctly, it is probably time for us to step over and maybe ask uh, another uh, question. So let's just do that item. Um, why is lot and serialized tracking important? Uh, it keeps customers safe. It's necessary to uh, perform recalls of products. There's the need for compliance or government regulations or all of the above. And so, uh, you know, in terms of recalls on food products, usually that is done with uh, lots. In terms of manufactured goods, that's often done with cereals. And sometimes you can have a a crossover of the two. But the idea is if you've got a product that's got a fault in it, you need to be able to issue a call recall to keep customers safe. And obviously then that recall is the second bullet. And in certain regulated industries, particularly FDA, FAA, those are required. So if you have um, customers or you uh, provide products in those sectors, that's part of the government regulation. So I think the actual best answer here is all of the above. Well, uh, you can imagine that 
there is so much more that could be shown. But over the three sessions that we've done for Spire, we wanted you to understand how to select the Spire system to get a pretty good view in part one of the General Ledger ARAP. In this session, I was trying to get a little bit more into the inventory and sales pieces. Wanted to make sure that you understood that the capabilities in here were commonly superior to anything that you could get in entry-level systems, plus the pricing is way more affordable. Now, uh, I do have the pricing available. About the Aspire folks have said that they would uh, be happy to see if, in fact, their capabilities would fit your needs and then approximately what the price would look like. So uh, I wanted to sh show you how prop uh, capabilities here, the process and resource and operation planning capabilities were in here, the inventory and sales, and I think we've got that accomplished. So if you are interested in earning credits for today's webinar, and you're listening to this from a podcast platform, you can visit uh, cpe.cx slash SPH2 and take a short five question quiz. You're welcome to the materials. And, uh, you know, again, as soon as you finish that uh, quiz question up, then uh, you'll get your certificate within a couple of days. Uh, if you've been listening live, you should receive your certificate in the next uh, two days or so. If this is your first podcast, use the coupon code one free podcast to get credit for today's uh, webinar. Make sure you connect with us on social media. We're out on YouTube, on Twitter, and Facebook, and Instagram, or you can listen to us on your favorite podcast source, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on SoundCloud. Well, we hope you've been able to pick up an idea or two today in terms of the uh, Spire product. And, uh, you know, in, as it turns out, I hope you'll find that other content for CPE Today is helpful to you. Remember, we're trying to maintain podcasts on Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And you're welcome to join on any of these and look at our website at CPE Today to see other topics of interest. We appreciate you being along with us. We'll talk to you again real soon. Good day.